Hello and welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Gonzo. And this is Steve. Hey Steve, how are you? So good. How about you? I'm doing good. So, yeah, I'm I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, I want to ask you if you have anything to share, but I want to start. Yeah, go go for it. So I noticed when I was driving here, your neighbor was watering his lawn. <laughs> So, yes. any updates on, on the watering so, situation? I did not talk to them. Um, <laughs> but a few days ago, like, their lawn started getting pretty kind of yellow. And I was like, oh, I I didn't know what to do. Then <laughs> You did know what to do. You yeah. Know. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I just didn't do anything. Yes. <laughs> and then a couple of days later, all of a sudden, I noticed... Like they figured it out and they turned their water back on. So it's like, I think all's well that ends well there. Perfect and, amount of time for your fence to get. Yeah, finished. and our fence is in. So hopefully, we won't have flooding coming in from from their side. And if we do, like we were planning to get grass like like fairly quick as as quick as we can, and hopefully it won't become like a huge thing. I don't know. I, we and then maybe by then. Me and my next door neighbor can go back there and like have a talk and be like, "Hey, you guys are flooding our back." And Maybe you can like dig deep into your South American roots and learn how to like use their excess water <laughs> to just do your whole yard instead of having to water my yard. Mm-hmm. Build an aqueduct. Yes, <laughs> that like waters my. Like my I'm thinking yard. of the documentary I watch on Machu Picchu. That's amazing. <laughs> so you could somehow just yeah. I use all their excess to just water your hair. I know. I, shoot, it is a lot of excess. So, <laughs> good thinking. We'll put a pin on that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that's... We're excited. But like, our house is coming more together. We should have doors delivered for our basement pretty soon. And we'll have to do baseboards. And, like, our basement will be, like, 90% done at that point. So, we're excited. Can't wait. So, but Steve, should we do some podcast news? Yes. So you and I have been talking and like doing two episodes a week has had to become like we were running ragged with it and we felt like we want to keep this podcast going as long as possible. And we don't, we want it to stay positive and like not, not be a burden. Yeah. So it felt like, and at the same time, I feel like people that are coming on the podcast have been wanting to, they, they want to be more open. They want to share more. So we've all of a sudden gone from like episodes that were averaging around 30 minutes to now we're like our average is like 55 minutes or like now we have episodes pushing an hour. So people are thinking about what to say more and want to share more. And it's making it really hard to do like two recordings in one evening. Because we were always pushing that first recording. We were pushing it out an extra 10, an extra 15 or minutes. Or like cutting it short. Yeah. Yeah. So then we want to give people their time. Like if we want to, if we're going to have a long, longer episode, that's totally cool. But we need to like make more time for that. So we decided like we're going to start releasing for now. Like the episodes that we have, we'll do one a week. But it's going to go to one every other week. Mm-hmm. In, a, in probably in a month or so so we'll record every other sunday and we'll release an episode every other week 
another part of it, like, I just noticed for myself, like, we'll stay up really late on Sunday nights. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm worthless on Monday. Like, I just, I, I don't want to be tired like that. I just kind of have like a lingering effect. So I feel like doing, there's just a lot of benefits of doing one episode. We can talk to the person for as long as we need to. We can do what we need to do and I'll still be able to go to bed at a better hour. And I think it's just going to be a big benefit for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then for people that want to be on, like we'll keep, we want to keep this going forever. So don't feel offended or whatever. If, if we're saying like you send us an email and you're like, and we say, Hey, December is our next like four months. Exactly. Cause I mean, we we'll, we're not going anywhere. You'll be here. Uh, we'll be here. So it's like, let's, it's going to be a little further out. So if you send us an email, we're not going to be like, okay, next week because we're not turning out these episodes as quickly as possible. Yeah. So it's all going to be good. And it will give everybody a chance to listen and catch up. Yeah. I hope uh, I was talking to like Lisa Frankum. I think, I don't know if on Instagram, she's Lisa flake. And she was saying like, I just listened to like the first eight episodes. So I know a whole bunch of people that do listen, haven't listened to all of them and it'll give them a chance to like, Catch up because all the episodes are good. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that we have a listener in Costa Rica now? <laughs> I did. I Thanks, Josue. <laughs> hey, listener in Costa Rica, send in a voice memo. Hey, no one has sent us an email from that one time we called that. Oh, yeah. Well, Sefa sent us a voice memo from – he was the only one out of the people that we called out. They're like, hey, that listener in Uruguay, who are you? I still don't know who you are. Send me – Mandame un email. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. For our listeners in the UK, send us in an email. <laughs> Governor. <laughs> so who are we talking to today? Uh, this, yeah, this is the longest intro. <laughs> so we've got uh, Debbie Perkins today. Debbie Reed in high school. In high school. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, you have history with Debbie. Is there? Is there any... Uh, beef with her? No beef. No, I uh, is actually I ran into her at Costco a few weeks ago, and I was like Debbie, and I was like really happy to see her, and and uh, maybe I was like too happy to see her. I don't know. <laughs> I got really excited, and uh, it was great. It kind of worked out, and she's pretty busy, and so it's great to be able to make some time for her to come on. We did go to a dance together, so I'll have to go home and I'm looking to see if I can find some pictures to. To post them when we release this episode. Yeah, post those pics. I, I've been going through dance pictures, and I think I ruined, like, every... So, the group pictures are all whatever, but, like, every individual set, like, with the couple, it's like, I'm doing something stupid. And every, <laughs> there's no, like, nice pictures. It's like, man, uh, I was not not photogenic. I was just an <laughs> idiot. So, it'll be great. Yeah, you That's guys fun. will really appreciate this. Cool. So. Right. Yeah, here's our conversation with Debbie. All right, Debbie, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? We're doing great. It's, it's great to see, to see you. you. Yeah. It's good to see you, too. Steve, it's been so long since I saw you in Costco. I know, like weeks. And you guys were <laughs> you guys were choir, like, pals, right? Yeah. 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 We, we went, went to a dance together. together. Yep. Yeah. I got oh, some pictures nice. that will there... be coming out with this episode, just so you know, Debbie. They're coming. Oh, great. great. <laughs> That'd be fun. Is you it... know what? I spent more on that homecoming dress than I did on my wedding dress. Oh. <laughs> I'm flattered. I feel, well, you looked good. So it, I mean, it was it worth it. For you, but... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 
good on you. It was for you. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Yeah, it if you was. when we post the picture, you'll see it's like in the group picture. I jumped You're on like your back. You're me. Yeah, yeah, I'm like trying to like not mess up your hair, but I'm you giving me a piggyback ride, and Gonzo's just like on top of Rachel's head, just messing her hair. Yeah. <laughs> pretty awesome. That's great. So great. That was actually one of the funnest dances that I went to. Nice, good. Hopefully, this interview was, goes this way. Yeah. Continues to say these things that make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about we just get started? Can you kind of catch us up with where you're at, where you're living, if you're married, or if you have kids or anything? Yep, um, I live in Eagle Mountain, just on the edge of Saratoga Springs. You should have so come over. I know. I thought about it actually. <laughs> we, we had my daughter's birthday party. Oh, all right, so. right. Maybe for part two. Um, <laughs> I'll have to come over for sausages sometimes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Some yeah. Jerome sausages. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> or we can just meet at Costco, Steve and I do. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. We're there every other week, for sure, getting diapers or something. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. So, married, yes, for 16 years. Okay. Nice. And three kids, 15, 14, and 9. They keep me very busy. Yeah. I don't know. Chronologically, I graduated high school and I got my associates that summer right after. I had worked all through high school on that. Um, Then I went to BYU, typical Mormon girl, trying to find my husband there like my parents had met there. And turns out he had been in Sandy the whole time. Like he went to Alta and I just met him over Christmas break and headed off. Where did you guys meet? Got, uh, I went back to Cold Stone to work there over Christmas break because I worked there through high school. And so he was there. We just met working. Did you hook him up with some free ice cream? Oh, he worked with you. He worked oh, there. So there you go. we got to make out in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which is super funny because, like, I I had made this goal in high school that I wouldn't kiss anyone until I knew that I was going to marry them. So once I met Jake, it was like, oh, I'm going to marry him. So we kissed finally, and he had never kissed anyone either, so that was cool, too. Uh, That's but sweet. yeah, we found out that, that kissing was fun, so <laughs> <laughs> Cold Stone was fun. That's awesome. <laughs> Very good. So you guys got um, you got married. Yep. And then what? Got pregnant right away. Like uh sealing in the temple, you know, they talked to you for a while. It was seriously forty five minutes of don't wait to have kids and get them all down. Like over and over and over. So like all my siblings left that ceiling and they're like, Oh, we gotta have more kids. Like <laughs> Oh wow. So that's why we have all these cousins close together in age because they went to my ceiling. And yeah, so Ben came like the next Wednesday, like we got pregnant after wow. we got married, it was fast, not planned, but meant to be. Yeah, so that's cool. So he's and how old is he now? He's fifteen. Fifteen. So of course, some people are like, "You've been married for how long?" Like, like they had to do the math because <laughs> <laughs> he was premature too. So that didn't look good. <laughs> Premature, but he's ten pounds. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I made up the. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
that's... Ironically, all three of my kids were 5 pounds, 14 ounces. Oh, wow. They were all teeny tiny. They were all early. That's nice my for you. My body just gives yeah. up when it, it hits that weight, I guess. That's way better than a 10-pound baby. Yeah. Yeah. And how'd you get into uh, teaching then? I had wanted to put my kids into Lakeview Academy, the charter school. And we tried for years, four years, doing the lottery to get in. And so finally, I found out that if you become faculty, the kids get bumped up higher on the waiting list. So I became a teacher's aide. Uh, that was four years ago. And I just, I fell in love with it. And so I got my teaching degree just barely last year. And so now I'm a fourth grade teacher. So cool. So how was teaching fourth grade during a pandemic for your first year? Oh, it was the perfect storm. I mean, I was doing student teaching at the beginning of the year, like when they announced that we were going to go home and do online May, of what was that, 2020, May. I was just doing observations then, and they told the teachers, okay, you've got a half hour to prepare enough stuff to teach kids online for two weeks. So that was when I was still in aid, so it wasn't a big deal to me then. But then we went back to school that fall, and it was hybrid, so we were teaching any kids that wanted to stay online, they could be online full time. And so I had, let's see, I only had one in my homeroom that was online, but I had four math kids. I teach the advanced math class, so it's different students. Um, and that was tricky, uh, trying to get kids to understand fractions and stuff when you're just holding up a little whiteboard on the screen and it was tricky, but we made it work. As far as teaching in class, that was that was hard. We do Kagan teaching, which is cooperative learning. You're trying to get the kids to interact with one another rather than you just doing direct lectures, direct instruction in front of the kids all day. So the kids are interacting with each other. Um, like I'll give them a question and they'll have to talk with their, their face partner at their table or their shoulder partner next to them. And they'll answer the question to their partner. So a lot of these activities, they require them sharing materials. And we couldn't do that. They'd have to use hand sanitizer if they wanted to do that. And it was just, <laughs> it was hard. We, we used a lot of hand sanitizer, a lot of Clorox wipes. We had special fogger machines that would come sanitize the room. Like, it, was, it was crazy. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, they, they say that it doesn't affect little kids, but a fifth of my class ended up getting COVID. Oh, wow. Which is a lot. Yeah. They all caught it from siblings that were in high school, but luckily they were just little cases and they were out for a couple weeks. Yeah. But at the beginning, we didn't know anything. And so if somebody got exposed, that means that everybody with them got exposed. And so, like, I grew up my kids in tables of four. So like if one kid got it, that whole table, they all had to go be quarantined yeah, for two weeks. And it was a mess. Are you guys going to do that again this year? Do you know? Like for the next school year? They haven't told us anything yet. I don't know. August 2nd is when I go back for training. So we'll see. Well, it can't be worse than last year. Well, no. no like the, no. the thing is though, so I have my friend in Australia, he was messaging they're locking they're doing lockdowns again now because the cases are going they're like getting high um, mm -hmm. over there I think a variant or something is like really contagious or something. I don't know. 
uh, like Los Angeles County just barely like did their mask mandate again. So everyone has to wear masks inside. So good luck. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't mind the masks. It wasn't a big deal to me uh, until I went to Florida and the humidity and that was horrible. Right. So yeah. I can see why other people would complain. But here in Utah, we just got used to it. And the kids handled it so much better than the adults did. I feel like my girls were like super comfortable wearing a mask forever. Mm-hmm. They're like, mm-hmm. and they were always like, I don't know. I don't know if like it was paranoia or they were just on top of it. It's just like, because they were wearing their mask at school all day long. And they're just like, let's put a mask on when we're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. You know, it's, I, I think they, the kids actually took it really well. You know, they handled it yeah. really well. Yeah, we I think they were just happy to see their friends again. Yeah, yeah, not a big deal. Yeah, hopefully next year just it can't be worse than last year. So you'll be a pro. No, but yeah, anyway. like I, I took over for a teacher that quit over fall break. Oh wow! And so that was hard too because my kids, my students, all my kids, uh, my students, they felt abandoned. Like she didn't even say goodbye to them. Oh, and so yeah. like. There were some behavior issues because they had to learn how to trust me. And so that was hard. And first year teacher and COVID teaching, it was just the perfect storm. It was, it was hard, but it's going to be a lot better this year. So it's going to be the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and fourth grade, I mean, it was, it was just perfect timing for me because I had just finished my student teaching and they hired me on straight away. And That's fourth so nice. grade is like third and fourth grade are such good years. You know, the kids still love school. They're not like fifth or sixth graders that think they're so cool. You know, so it's like, it's a great age. I know. Well, and I was in eighth and fifth grade. So I think after they finish fifth grade, then they become little punks and they don't think (laughs) you're cool anymore. But like fourth grade, fifth grade is the perfect because you can talk about Harry Potter and Mm -hmm. things you have in common and it's awesome. Well, I know you love Harry Potter. I remember yeah, this I from high school. <laughs> so how did how did you see yourself when you were in high school? Pretty serious. I mean, I took school pretty seriously. I mean, I was going to high school during the day and college at night. and So I was very studious. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I was boy crazy. And so uh, that's kind of something that is embarrassing. But my teenagers love to hear about that. They just think it's hilarious that mom was boy crazy. But, but you were boy crazy, but at the same time, you're like, I'm not going to kiss anybody. So it's like, yeah, it's all boy crazy in, in your head, like inside of you. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, I liked lots of boys and I didn't do anything about it. <laughs> I can relate. Not like, I mean, not like <laughs> yes, boys, but the opposite. <laughs> you like a lot of boys. Too. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Whatever. No. <laughs> Is Bonnie your beard? Yes, yeah, it's secret, <laughs> secret Steve and I romance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so, how would you describe yourself? Um, so, you're studious. You were very serious, uh, personality-wise. How how were you when you would interact with people? I'd like to hope that people liked me. Like, I got along with lots of different people. I mean, Tree's episode was funny because she. She didn't think that she was, like, the ringleader of her group, but we always called it Tree's Group. Like, I hung out with them sophomore year all the time, and then, like, people kept pairing off and making out, and I was like, hey, this isn't my scene because I'm not into kissing boys right now. So I found a new group of friends, and I stuck with them at 
I mean, we're still friends now. Like, Jackie and Natalie and Andrew and Jason and Daryl. Like, we're all still friends. So, it was... I just had to find the right group, I guess. But I, I think I was I was friends with lots of people. Like, choir was the only thing keeping me at high school, basically. Senior year, um, I went for choir and art history, and everything else was mostly, like, concurrent enrollment classes so that I could get my associates. So why do you think you were so driven to, like, do college at night, um, to do, like, AP classes? Or why do you think you wanted to do you know, have your associates done so quickly? Like, what drove you to that? I think in my mindset, like, that was the only way my parents were going to pay for my college is if I did it quickly and cheaper, it's slick. Um, And I was fighting to get the New Century Scholarship, which is if you get your associate's degree in high school, then they pay for half your college. Uh, So I was fighting for that. And I'm... It was kind of, looking back, it was kind of a waste. Like, I could have had a lot more fun in high school. And because I went off to BYU and I got married right away and I stopped because I got pregnant right away. And I should have pushed and finished it. Then that would have been a wasted degree. I mean, it would have been an art history and there's nothing I could have done with that. Like, I wanted to be a museum curator and you can't really work at the Met with little kids. So... And I think everything just happens for a reason. And so, like, I worked my butt off and got my degree. And that did eventually help me because I finished my bachelor's last year. And so, like, 25 of those hours transferred. (laughs) It wasn't a lot. But COVID helped with that because I did my degree online. And I I did three years of schooling in 10 months. Oh, wow. So So it kind of looks like... Even though you may not have used that degree, but that work ethic that you learned, like just pushing, pushing and and doing college at night actually helped you then in your, um, now when you're at the end getting your bachelor's just recently doing three years of of work in in 10 months. I mean, you, you couldn't do it unless you were like just buckling down and, you know, just kicking butt in those classes. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of an all or nothing person. I I'm either like get everything done at once or super lazy and watch British TV for hours. Like <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I I haven't learned balance yet. I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how do you um how do you see yourself now then? 17 years after we graduated. I think I work harder now. Like I probably could have done better in high school. Uh, I mean, I still got good grades, but I'm kind of a perfectionist, so I would have preferred graduating with a 4.0, but that's all right. Not even Rafi did that. What did you graduate with? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I do know that I I failed art history one semester. Oh, wow. I think it was, the, it was probably fourth semester, because I was so tired from going to school at night, and so I was just exhausted, and that was first period, and I just couldn't get up. <laughs> I think that is when my depression started kicking in, too. Like, I got to BYU, and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I was so tired. I just had worked myself to the bone, and so my depression really kicked in hard. And my mom is very anti-meds, and so, like, it's not that she made me feel guilty about 
feeling depressed, but like I didn't feel supported. It wasn't until, I don't know, like five years ago when I started taking meds for it. I'm off them again, but I don't know. Some days I wonder if I should be on them more. <laughs> Did you know at the time? So like when you, when you're saying you went to BYU, you were depressed, like had you already known like this is depression? Or were you no. trying to figure that out? No, at the I time? didn't. I didn't get it. I was just so tired and sad all the time, and I didn't get it. I'm like, I'm at BYU. That's my goal. That's what I've always worked for, and I'm not happy. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't really understand. I mean, I, I feel you, and it, I, and I mean, I, I get depressed too, and it's hard when you're in it. It's hard to like kind of make sense out of it or even notice that you're in it sometimes until someone like mentions to you like Bonnie sometimes like does like 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 you've been down for like weeks and then you know it does like oh wow yeah I've, and all that stuff helps and it, it helps to have someone to talk to and medication helps too you know I mean Ryan Copeland mentioned it when in his episode mm-hmm. that it's like it, medication is you know it's one of the sometimes is the the only thing that will help you because it isn't like it isn't a cause and effect like I'm sad because of this sim this stimulus it is it could be like an actual chemical imbalance in your brain you know yeah so. and and that's why I, I took it for a couple of years and it was literally like a fog had lifted off my head like night and day I felt so much better on the meds um and then I slowly weaned off, and, and I've been fine. Um, so I think it was just a chemical imbalance. Yeah. But I think sometimes I just work myself so hard that it it just sets me off again. Yeah. And also, um, like, my parents are the same way, like, about uh, about mental health and, like, treating me- mental health with medication. I feel like our generation is more open to understanding that you know there is science for a reason and and there is medication for a reason and it's it it can help you know sometimes it doesn't and you have to try a different medication but um you can't always just shake it off um shake off a like a depression like just buck up and and sometimes you can and 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 sometimes some of those things help like for me exercising often helps helps me deal with stress helps me deal with depression but, um, you know, sometimes medication helps too. Yeah. Yeah. I just grew up in a household where they thought that if you read your scriptures and prayed and like that would make you happy and okay, but that's not always going to cut it. Yeah. I agree. hundred percent agree. Yeah. So you've said that you've kind of weaned yourself off of it. You haven't been doing that for a while now and things Mm -hmm. feel pretty good. Like you're, you're doing good in terms yeah, of like the depression, yeah, been you feel okay. way better. You don't feel foggy or down like you like you had in the past. No, I mean the past couple of weeks, I've been wondering like, I wonder if I need to start that again. But I think it's just because like I've been working myself too hard again. Like <laughs> I went from working fifty hours a week to being at home, and it's like okay, I'm in stay at home mom mode again. And <laughs> I mean that's exhausting too. Yeah. I've been, I've been painting the entire house. And so I think I've just been, I've been working myself too hard. I need to to take a break. I actually really want to go back to work. I'm tempted to go back tomorrow because I want to get my classroom set up and 
I like I like the consistency of the work schedule. I never thought that I would be a working mom. Like I always thought that I would be a stay at home mom and and while I love my children, I I get so much more fulfillment personally teaching classroom of twenty six kids. Like I, I can see the difference that I make. And it's huge. I mean, I mean I know I'm making a difference in my kids' lives too. But it's just it's different when when you're teaching. I don't know. I love it. So I'm excited to go back. I'm excited for school to start. That's awesome. So, but let me try to think about your changes because we talked about who are you now, and then you mentioned that yeah you you got into teaching and you mentioned that you've you know kind of about your depression and your struggles with that. But what's different today from Debbie from high school Debbie? Uh, I'm a lot more mature. <laughs> I mean, I was serious back then, but I'm a lot more serious now. I think I've eased up on the spiritual stuff. Like, I'm still spiritual, but I'm not quite so letter of the law like I grew up. My dad was state president my whole teenage years, from the time I was 12 or 13 to 20. So I, I felt the pressure from both my parents to be perfect because they literally told me, Everyone in the stick is watching you. Like, you're the example. So you need to be right on, on the straight course. And so I just felt such tremendous pressure as a teenager to always do everything perfectly. And now it's like, oh, my daughter wants to go play with a friend on Sunday. Oh, but it's Sunday. Like, well, <laughs> it's okay. Like, she can go play with a friend. It's all right. Like, I have to have this internal dialogue with myself still at 35 because I still have my mother talking in the back of my head like it's, <laughs> it's terrible I I love her so much she's such a good person but but it's hard because I feel like I'm never going to meet those expectations I guess yeah I think I think that'd be tough because I mean even as like the church teaches like we're not perfect you're not going to be perfect and we just get to do the best we can you know and I think that as we get older all of us have gone on different paths and it's been really interesting to me and fascinating to see how different people have gone these different ways so some people have you know, grew up in the church and are super strong in it some people grew up in it and are like hey you know what that's not for me and everything in between and people that didn't grow up in it at all and are awesome really cool great people and so it's really it's just great to see that everybody gets to be on their own journey, figuring it out for themselves and finding out what's right for them. And, you know, even though we are 35, I think all of us have like those little voices from our youth whispering some of those things like, Hey, it's Sunday, you know, and you know, we get to grow up and do whatever we're going to do and make our own decisions rather than what teenage us would have done. Or, or anything. I mean, I, yeah. just when you mentioned that, it's like, I have it too. I have my dad's voice in my head. And, you know, it's like whenever something comes up, I know, like, what he would say. <laughs> and it's like in, it's just in there in my brain. And I hear him saying this, you know, and it's, so that's funny that you said that. I'm like, I, I can relate. I know. Yeah. But I think it is important that, like, I've gotten my own testimony. Like, I, it's important that I, know things rather than basing it off 
my parents, which is what I did as a teenager. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so you've eased up on, I mean, you're still religious, but you're like, you're not stake president level. You've down to Bishop's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably a good assessment. <laughs> I mean, I can still go to the temple. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, and the, and then you've actually you've said you're even more serious though than you were um, when you were a teenager. Like, how does that manifest? So. Like more serious at work, like more serious than Yeah, I'm I'm very hard working. Like if I if I set my mind to something I gotta finish it. So that kinda goes against the, the girl who stopped BYU because she got pregnant and Yeah. So I finished that bachelor's degree and finally just hmm. took a while. What would you say is something that you're passionate about? I know that you were student teaching and you loved it, so you became a teacher. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. a little bit about that. What are what are things that you're passionate about? I mean, teaching kind of consumes my life. I, I work like 50 hours a week, at least. Uh, when people say the teacher says summer's off, that's bull crap. Like, <laughs> all of my overtime during the year totally makes up for the eight weeks that I am off during summer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's just something about teaching that's just sparked something in me. Like, I can get up there and have this discussion with kids about Martin Luther King Jr. and how, uh, if you really believe in something, like, work for it and do it in a peaceful way. And there, people are more likely to listen to you if, if you do it that way. And I don't know. It just get, like, goosebumps during the lessons. Like, I don't know. I just love teaching so much. Can I ask you a, a hot topic teaching question? Sure. What's the deal with um, critical race theory? And I, all I see online is like down with teachers and down with critical race theory. Could you like, do you know anything about that? Not really. I mean, we teach diversity and we try to incorporate uh, lots of different curriculums so that we can incorporate everyone. So I think that's people's beef right now is, is that race issues. Yeah, that's just like, I don't know. All I've read about it, I feel like that I don't hear, I don't see anything to be all up in arms about. So I don't know. But I, I don't know if you had any insights on it. Not really. I mean, because I work at a charter school, it's a little different because we don't have to do everything state mandated. So we, we choose our own curriculum. And as long as the kids pass the state tests, then they're good as far as the state's concerned. So. It's nice. We focus a lot at our school on STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math. The best. And then our, yeah. And then our school also focuses a lot on the arts. They have an amazing drama program, and the kids do different specialties, and uh, they get to go on space missions. It's really cool. We have free space simulators at our school. So, I don't know. We we teach inclusivity. We teach cooperative learning. And so, the kids don't really, at our school, they don't think about race issues. Hmm. I don't know. I haven't had to encounter that in my one year of teaching because I'm so seasoned. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> to me, if I, if I were, well, t- I'll ask you. If you were to add anything to, like, public schools or Lakeview, like, to what what you're teaching 
kids, what what would you add to like a curric uh, a curriculum? Um, I don't know. Our school is is pretty well rounded. My my students, they'll give a little recap at the end of the year on what they learned and what Mrs. Perkins taught them. And a lot of them said, "Be respectful." Like that's a big theme that I taught my students is we need to be respectful even if you don't agree with their opinion you still listen and are kind like that's what I want them to walk away with like forget all the fractions and everything like that's what's important is being kind and respectful to one another love it that's so great it, I was going to ask and I think that kind of answered it when you said that, that you love being a mom and you love your kids but there's something special about teaching a, a room of 26 little you know, fourth graders. And I was going to ask you if you give examples of like, what are some of those special things like that make it so unique? They listen better to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like my kids don't listen as well, but they just, they respect you and they want to get excited about Harry Potter with you. And like, <laughs> I don't know. They're just so awesome. They want to tell you everything. And, they give you these cute little presents. Like I had one girl make me a Harry Potter card with all these pictures and it was so cute. Like, I don't know. They're just so fun. And they said the funniest things. That's so funny. My oldest, she loves her second. She just finished second grade. She's going into third. She loves her second grade teacher so much. And it's like, it, it is. She listens to her, like, you know, what Miss Geigel says is gospel. And like, what mom and dad says, like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're just like on this pedestal with them. And there are times when I'll get frustrated and, man, they just buckle down. Like, they know she's upset. Like, don't read aloud today. Like, we're not doing Harry Potter today. We're going to do something else. <laughs> I don't know. They're really good. They're good kids. Debbie, do we have any beef? I don't know. The only thing I was thinking is that Brady should have asked me out because I heard that he liked me and he put my picture up in his car. Monica told me because he drove her home one day. And you talking about Bishop out. Levitt? Yeah. All right. But really, Brady sent in send in a voice memo. Why didn't you ask out Debbie? <laughs> and now his wife is going to be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> No, it's fine. It she doesn't listen. I've been trying to get Melanie, Brady's wife, to listen. I've like sent her a message like, "You love this episode." She never listens. <laughs> I only have one listener in Kentucky, and this is Brady. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, things would have worked out so differently if I had dated him. I think so. Brady, you could have been. It could have been you kissing in the cold stone freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Coldstone. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I, is it safe to eat that ice cream? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, it was covered up. <laughs> Pierce had talked about, um, he did a voice memo in one of the first episodes about how I walked in on him and Brady changing. Yes. <laughs> I totally remember this because my friends and I, I think it was the Sarah, Sarah B. Singer and Sarah Howard. We walked out of there fast and we're like, whoa, Pierce has a nice six pack. <laughs> that was funny. He did have a nice six pack. So, he probably still does. Pierce. So did Brady. He had a yeah. swim team body. <laughs> I just remember the Superman shirt. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, what else? <laughs> Beef. People have complained a lot about Steenblick, and I felt bad for him. Like, as a teacher, he was, what, a first-year teacher yeah. with us? That had to have been so hard. And filling Waldron's shoes, that's rough. So I I feel bad for him. He did yell at us a lot, though. Yeah. It's only high school choir, Steenblick. Cool it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Motab. <laughs> or, I don't know. Do, do you he know was anything? in the Motab. Do you know anything about him? Like, do you know where he is or what he's doing now? No, last time I saw him was in the Motab, just on general conference screen. I'm I like, wanna, hey, I know that guy. I, I love that. I want to say I looked him up and I felt like he was like teaching choir in Florida or something. But oh, I might I be, know. I might be totally making that up. But Steve it sounds like send in a voice memo. It sounds interesting. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, I had some funny stories that I wanted to share. Share away. Let's hear them. For my list. Yeah. This is, this is Debbie, like, stick up her butt, teenager, like, didn't do anything (laughs) wrong. (laughs) So my funniest thing was um, in Hutch's math class. Steve, I think we're in the same class, right? Yeah. Um, I remember writing on his big, huge projector, like, go BYU, go, because he was a huge Utes fan. (laughs) And he got so mad at me. He pulled me out in the hall and was like, do I need to call your mother? Because he knew my mom and they were friends. And yeah, <laughs> Hutch. He couldn't take a joke. I've, I've he was scary. Him. Did he take away a point? I hated that class. He. <laughs> I feel bad because I think I, I got, I was associated with Rafi and I'm pretty sure she got her A- because of me. Because oh, he hated me. Oh, sad. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta find. I, I made know. a joke out of him. I'll, I'll post a picture of, of the poster board that I made to, to run for class officer. And I had mm-hmm. one where I just cut out like a hundred of his little face, and I put a bunch of the crap that he would say. Like, I think he called Jasmine like our lovely luminous light lady. Do you remember that? Oh my, yeah, it sounds like something he would say. He was kind of creepy. Yeah, once, twice, three times a lady. He would say stuff like that too. <laughs> I think I've just blocked out most of his class. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, what else you got? I remember Sway trying to hypnotize me um, at Alex Fackerel's house one day. Did it work? And no, oh. no, I totally <laughs> pretended. So I was acting like it was working, and they they were stinkers. They're like, "So who do you have a crush on?" And so me acting like I'm hypnotized, I said Matt, which was a guy in our math class in Hutch's class, but they all thought it was Matt Rhodes. And so everybody's freaking out because he was dating Teresa at the time. And, <laughs> oh man, I'm and so I had to like backtrack, but still act like I was hypnotized. I'm still like, hypnotized. No, not, not, that not, not, not that. Not that. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was so awkward. But they totally thought that I was hypnotized. Sorry, Sway. That's hilarious. Um, I know you're doing a dance episode soon, but I thought that the way I answered you was pretty funny. Sure. Um, let's see. It was something along the lines of, I'll go with you to homecoming when pigs fly. And then we threw hot dogs at you. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been bacon. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So I, I hope you don't have a beef with me about that. Nah. Get, get the pun, beef, yes. beef, hot dogs. Love it. <laughs> no hard feelings. Yeah. That was fun. Oh, and I have a really stupid story that's embarrassing. I think Crystal talked about Miss Collister's class, the mm-hmm. English, Honors English. 
So Miss Collister, she told us, I mean, this is honors English. I should know this. Uh, she told us to do a paper and double space it. And I didn't know what that meant. And so I spent hours and hours putting two spaces in between each word. And so she... <laughs> so she gives it back to me with a bad grade. I'm like, what the heck? She's like, you didn't double space it. I'm like, yes, I did. I spent hours putting two spaces between each word. And so she, of course, melts down, just bursting out laughing. Oh. And I was embarrassed. But That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm a teacher and I, I know what double spacing means. When you explain double spacing, do you make sure that you're clear of like, hey, it's not two spaces between every word. Learn from my mistakes, kids. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Gosh. Debbie, do you have anything that you'd like to plug or promote? Um, something you want listeners to know? If you live in Saratoga or Eagle Mountain, send your kids to Lakeview Academy. Perfect. That's the only plug. I don't have any side gigs. Teaching's a full-time job. Well, that's something to think about. There's a lot of people out here that we've we've learned are out here yeah, in Eagle Mountain. I, I want to get together with the people that live close. So I know yeah, we're, like, we're since Sway's close, we're going to get together with him. You guys should come. Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll send out some details as soon as we kind of nail it down. I think it'll be August 6th. Yeah. So cool. everybody keep your ears peeled. But, All right, uh, Debbie. It's so good to see you and talk with you. It's just yeah, you too. Really great. Um, thanks thank for you. having me on. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to just come on and be open and catch up with us. Hopefully, I didn't put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> that double space story was pretty great. Though. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I know it was pretty good. <laughs> okay, well, you take care, and we will we'll stay in touch. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Have thanks, good night. Debbie. Bye. Good night. Bye. Steve, we just got done talking to Debbie. What are your thoughts? I loved it. I loved it. It was great to talk to her, and I think she, we covered quite a bit. And uh, it's just fun to see that you know she she is passionate about teaching. She found this thing later on in life where it's like, I really love this, and I want to be a teacher. I love how it just started out as being a teacher's aide to yeah. get her kids into the school and learning to love it, and then the pandemic provided like this perfect way for her to just get that schooling done really fast. So, yeah. and it sounds like, I mean, it worked out timing wise, perfect for her to just step right in and take over for the teacher that left. And she seems really happy. So I'm, I'm happy for her. Yeah. She's cool. And I, so what did you, what, so I want to ask you the same thing I asked her, what would you add for, like, if you were to add to school curriculum, like what are what do you think is something that isn't taught enough in schools? That's a great question, and I, when you asked that, I was trying to think. I, I think a very common answer for a lot of people as they come out of school and as they get married and are starting to buy homes and mortgages and things, I, I think it would just be I think some sort of money management, which personal I think, finance. Yeah, but I also feel like we've been out of high school for a long time, so they maybe they do that now. I, I don't know. 
but and that they probably offered those types of classes when we were in high school but yeah. i feel like it should be like this required thing like hey here's how mortgages work here's how compound Here, interest exactly works. here's what credit here's, like here's what credit uh, is and how credit works um here's you know when you have good credit this is how it can help you when you have bad credit here's how it can go and you know making interest work for you rather than paying interest like that whole gamut because i think i know for me i have so much in student loans but i also wouldn't be able to be where i am without those student loans so it's not like i'm complaining but i think that it would just be good to to understand those types of things better so i don't i don't know how necessarily to implement that into yeah. the curriculum but i feel like that's just something that's so beneficial you see those funny memes are like haven't used the pythagorean theorem but i really could have learned how to like you know pay the taxes on my property or whatever you know what the and i don't have tiktok or anything but there i heard this trend of when people got their stimulus of like financial advice on tiktok that was actually like really bad advice and like people were falling so I, th- I do believe like i'm totally with you personal finance is like a like a total like needed like how do you set a budget for your month and me being i, I mean i'm an accountant to me like all that stuff makes sense but it's like i went to school for it but i feel like we need to have some base level of like budgeting understanding credit, understanding interest, and, you know. I'd say, like, and what's the difference between budgeting and just reconciling? Like, you can yeah. just, like, add up what you spent and what you earned, but what's the difference between that and, like, actively putting your money where you want it to go? Yeah. So I would add that, and then I would add ethics. I don't know if, like, <laughs> we we teach enough ethics um, in schools. You know, I know in definitely in business school, there's, like, some small ethic courses at the U that you have to take and uh, to graduate. I think it needs to be a little bit, we need to emphasize it maybe before maybe in undergrad and we should maybe have one high school uh, class and course in ethics. And I loved how she said like at the end of the year, Hey, what did you guys learn? How many kids were just like, you taught us to respect. And I love how she said, even if people have this, they disagree with you. It seems like she's really tried to teach those kids. Hey, learn to disagree. Well, yeah. So you don't have to agree on everything, but I think that maybe that that reared its ugly head during the pandemic of people don't want to disagree. They want to just shut you off. Like, oh, you disagree with me? Like, how many posts did I see where it was like, I'm sorry, but if you if you voted for Trump, we can't be friends anymore. I have zero respect for you. And then you just cut it off or, yeah. or vice versa. Like, crazy Joe. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's really sad to think that people can't. And we've talked a lot about just political discussions that get heated um but it's really sad to think that people would actually end friendships and ruin family relationships because of not being able to just disagree like and we talked about this last time of just i think it was last time but you and i have talked about it makes you smarter yeah just having these discussions forcing your brain to think of things that it doesn't want to think about or it's like okay i can at least understand this other this other perspective that I hadn't seen before. I may not, I still may not agree, but I, I agree with you hundred percent. It makes you smarter. Yeah. So good job, Debbie, for teaching those kids to just respect the difference of opinions. And I, I agree with you, Gonzo, just a, an ethics course of just, I don't know. And I think the tough thing is in my mind, I always think like it's super easy to complain about stuff, but it's a lot harder to provide solutions. Yeah. And that's, 
that's where it's like, I don't know. I, I don't like this thing, but I don't know how to make it better. Yeah, but I feel like education is so important. And just like Debbie mentioned, like these kids look up to their teachers so much. So it's like what what we teach in schools, because we will try to pass on the values that we find important to our children as parents. But I feel like as a like supplementary or a secondary like parenting, because, you know, it says that it takes a village. So they have your children will learn not only from you, but also from your their friends, parents. And mm-hmm. also from heavy from their teachers mm-hmm. and also from their church leaders and other role models that they have in their life. So it does take a village. The Kardashians. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> or, or whoever, yeah. or YouTubers or yeah. whatever it is. So it's like, well, if we can have the best possible answers within our school system, it's like the better, you know, because you will have to, it's, it's still on you to teach your kids. But it, it's not 100% on you. you mm-hmm. know? So I, I don't know. Debbie got me thinking a lot. Yeah. No, I, I – and these these are discussions that you and I have. Like we talked about how we stay up really late. Yeah. But it's like because when we're done, we, we talk about a lot of these things that we, you know, we solve all the world's problems. <laughs> but I don't think people want to hear that. Yeah. Well, um, so I was messaging with Rafi back and forth and she was like, Gonzo, run for office. First of all, I don't think I can, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I am a U.S. citizen, but I couldn't run for president. I could run for like all yeah, the Arnold state offices. Schwarzenegger? Yeah, he was, he was governor. governor. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> How about I'll run for mayor? You could be deputy mayor. Yeah. I just want to be an aide. <laughs> you could be like Mike from Spin City. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the height. <laughs> okay. We're on to something. <laughs> Okay, guys, keep your eyes open the next several years. Crazy things happen in Saratoga Springs. We're young. (laughs) Hey, we're 35. We can run for president now. Yeah. Maybe it's the start of my political career. Maybe VP. I'll be your VP, Steve. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Great discussion. Thanks, Debbie. Thanks. If you'd like to be on the podcast, send us an email. JordanHigh2004podcast at gmail.com. We've we're I'm excited. We're getting a whole bunch of voice memos for uh, this our next voice memo episode, so it's gonna be fun. And then just a reminder again that we are you know slowing down on the on the episode release. So it, just because you didn't see an episode on Friday, we're still around. You'll you'll get them every Monday for the next little while. Uh, so thanks for listening, and you'll hear from us next time. Bye bye bye. Sweet Caroline, bum, 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 good times never seem so good. So good, so good. <laughs> I want to hear.